You're listening to the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast. Just a sample of the best pro wrestling podcasts we could produce on our tiny budget. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, at Podmania, YouTube and Instagram, at The Real Podmania. If it's wrestling you want, check out more of our great content at www.podmania.weebly.com. Let's do this. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Podmania podcast. I'm your host, a very, very croaky Rob Goodwin, and I'm joined by the only man in Podmania who still has a bedtime, the only man in Podmania who thinks that the SmackDown tag team belts look sexy. It's Chris O'Brien. How are you, my friend? Yes, it's me, the Pokemon training young bachelor. Oh, Oh, Jesus Christ. It gets worse every episode. I just got a Switch, and I'm playing Let's Go Pikachu, and I love it. (laughs) I I still have a heart, Rob. People are going to unsubscribe, and and rightly so. I'm sorry, but the, the, the Venn diagram of a wrestling fan and a um video game fan is essentially a circle so right we are going to do some field research at takeover and we are going <laughs> to find those wrestling fans who appreciate both pokemon and wrestling <laughs> because i'll be honest i find it hard enough to tell people i like wrestling you know as well as telling them that you know what pokemon's pretty cool as well I don't tell them. I just wear the shirts and ignore them. <laughs> okay, you're a better man than I, then. You're a better man than I. Um. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we were not here last week to, reshoot, to review episode 13 and 14. Unfortunately, as discussed in the New Japan podcast, my internet was absolutely shot to pieces. It's been fixed now, so we are back on schedule, and we're here to review episode 15 and 16. Before we go into some NXT UK news and some more general wrestling news, Chris. This week's episodes, I think we can agree again, we were dealt two shows very, very different. Yeah, they're both of varying degrees of quality. The second episode, well, I had one thing that made me pop was kind of meh, like everything sort of under-delivered. Yeah, I mean, just, just to quickly say, I thought episode 16, which aired afterwards, obviously, chronologically, um, <laughs> the main event is really the only match worth tuning in for. Um we'll get into we'll get into it a bit more um after we get into some news, but news first, Chris. Um now we didn't get a chance to talk about this on the podcast last week because obviously there wasn't one, but the Dynamite Kid unfortunately passed away on the 5th of December. Um yes. a really really influential wrestler. Um didn't get the success that he deserved due to just awful injuries. Um, and being a dick. Yeah, I don't think his personal life, you know, helps people warm to him personally. But you know, especially his, not his wife. Especially not his wife. If rumors are to be, you know, believed, um, I think putting his personal life aside for a second, um, he was without a shadow of a doubt a pioneer. Of that style of wrestling. Absolutely. It's going to sound cliche, but you haven't seen him versus original Tiger Mask. You've not. You haven't lived. Well, you have lived, but you've lived a more. <laughs> I don't. Anyway, also, any of the matches of the Bulldogs versus the Heart Foundation were absolutely amazing. Yeah. Just, he's a, he was a great junior. Um, Great. H- helped carry Davy Boy to some great matches when we were a tag team. So, great guy. Absolutely. And um, the original Tiger Mask actually paid homage 
two Dynamite mm. Kids, and there was a very, very nice send-off in Japan. Um, the last two episodes last week of NXT UK were both dedicated to the memory of Dynamite Kid. So, you know, irrelevant of what may or may not have gone on in his personal life, he obviously had a lot of demons he was battling with, but in-ring, pure in-ring, this man was a legend, and may he rest in peace. Yeah. Um, on slightly more chipper news, um, we are going to take over, as I'm sure anyone that follows our Twitter page will know, because we are extremely giddy. Um, <laughs> but we didn't get a chance to talk about this last week, unfortunately, on the um, on the take on the NXT UK podcast. Um, that takeover tickets. The NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool tickets have sold out and have sold out in less than three hours. Um, that's an achievement, Chris. Yeah, that's 3,000 people. It's one of the bigger gates you're going to get in the UK. Um, and you have no idea how frantic I was F5-ing because <laughs> they put the, mo- the anxiety-riddled one in charge of getting the tickets. <laughs> Um, yeah, it was it was not a great idea to perhaps put Chris in charge of tickets. Um, <laughs> but you know what? We can moan as much as we want. You got us three tickets. We are going to Blackpool. It's going to be an absolutely amazing event. Three hours. That is, that's ridiculous. Um, do you think, Chris, that this is going to be a sustained thing? Or do you think this is sort of, the hype surrounding the product at the moment, coupled with the fact that this is the first one. Um, they need to be realistic with where they, where a where they can host big crowds and b where um, when they do. Like for example, um, big wrestling markets would include Glasgow, London, um, Manchester can get into them. Newcastle draws decent decent crowds, but yeah. Those cities are already saturated, so they do need to sort of measure expectations. I think every takeover will sell out just on the takeover name value alone, because I'm going to assume this one's going to be amazing. I'm hoping it is, because I'm traveling down all the way to Blackpool. But if, if basically, if this one does really well, I think they'll just have a recurring um, few thousand people who just keep going to each takeover, because it's not... It's especially hard if you plan ahead to travel across Britain. So, Yeah, um, you mentioned the fact that... I'm sorry. I apologise to anyone that is listening to this podcast and is thinking, what the hell has happened to his voice? I'm absolutely fine. I'm not ill. It's just my voice has stopped working for some reason. So he's, bear with he's me. He's actually secretly 13 years old and his voice is just breaking. Yes, and I still have a later bedtime than you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, you mentioned the fact self-inflicted that, bedtime. Yes, exactly. Self-imposed. Um, you mentioned the fact that... Um, a lot of the cities in Britain now are saturated with wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, that might not be an issue very, very shortly, Chris. Um, now, last week, there was some additional news on these, let's say, contentious new NXT UK contracts. Um, mm-hmm. And we found out more, more about these tiers that we were led to believe about now. There are three tiers to these NXT UK contracts, and the performers fall under one of these three tiers. Tier one is your main event talent, your Pete Dunne, Trent Seven, Tyler Bates, Tony Storm, uh, Zach Gibson, uh, Joe Coffey. Now, what these contracts tell them that they cannot do 
is that they cannot wrestle for any unaffiliated UK wrestling company, which was which we knew anyway. However, you know, they can wrestle in dark matches for the companies that are affiliated, but they cannot be on any video streaming services. So, for example, if Pete Dunne were to wrestle for Fight Club Pro, Attack, Over the Top, Future Shock, Progress, ICW, um, if he were to fight for them, he is not allowed to be on the main card. He has simply got to work dark matches against talent that is not currently signed to New Japan, Impact, and any other promotion like that. Any that the WWE see as a threat. Tier 2, they can work on video. They can work on uh, video streaming services for those aforementioned um, promotions. But they can only work with those promotions. No other ones. Um, And they are your semi-regulars. I assume those are your Devlin, um, your Mark Andrews, Williams, Dennis, Mark Williams. I assume they're the people that fall under that tier. The third tier is they can work freely across anywhere. Anywhere, you know, this is pretty much, they have the same contract that they had before. Um, but they have the same constraints that they cannot wrestle against people that are from these promotions. These are the blacklisted promotions, in inverted commas. RevPro, Defiant, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Ring of Honor, Impact, MLW, Lucha Underground, and also, and this is very interesting, the potential All Elite Wrestling. Now, this is very, very, very dangerous for British promotions, isn't it, Chris? Um, it's dangerous in the sense. It's, I think it's going to be they'll be fine long term unless they get bought. But there's plenty of talent being used by every promotion that has nothing. Like for example, RevPro is going to be completely fine because they have New Japan stars to bounce off of. Um, Progress and ICW are going to lose some big stars, but they're also already in the pros. Well, not ICW, because they've fallen down a fucking hole. We'll talk about that in a second. But they've been creating big stars over in progress, so they'll be fine um, in the long run, even if they um, lose stars like Dunn and Seven. Um, But, yeah, it's not good, especially if they don't give these people time to wrap up their storylines, because Joe Coffey's a champion in ICW. Um... Trent Seven's the Atlas champion. Just um, Ashton Smith is one half of the tag champions over in ICW. So this kind of thing, it's it's worrying in the short term, but long term, I think these promotions will be fine. They've lived through losing a lot of big stars before. Okay, and I thought that as well until details emerged of the fact that WWE has the option to purchase both Progress and an ICW. Which is why I said, if they don't get purchased, I'm worried that they will. They've been mentioning them a lot. I wouldn't be surprised if they were purchased and just put as a different thing on the network. To be honest with you, as long as they don't run in at the same time, they might be fine. I hope that's the case, because I love progress, but we'll see. <laughs> Gut feeling. Gut feeling. Are the WWE in the next 
X amount of years going to purchase Progress and ICW, and are they going to shut them down? It depends who's pulling the strings. It's, I genuinely don't, from what I've heard about Triple H, for people like Cody, who has no reason to be nice about Triple H, um, he doesn't want that to happen. But if Vince is, can put down a hammer, that might happen. The, the thing that worries me is if the worst happens, and obviously, you know, this is speculation, if the worst happens, that is going to have negative effects on NXT UK. Yeah. Because the crowd is going to become very, very hostile towards NXT UK because it will be that product's fault that we are losing ICW, that we are losing progress. You know, we're losing big money matches on the indies in Britain. It completely depends on A, how they handle the closure and B, um, how they... um, what they do with it and also where they go because in places like birmingham or plymouth who, who don't have a progress or an icw they probably won't care you've seen the birmingham and plymouth crowds have been cunts but like in glasgow in glasgow or in london or in manchester then yeah that could very much have a backlash but at the same time there was backlash when vince did all this shit in the 80s and he came out fine. I think overall, WWE will come out of it fine. Oh, yeah. It w- won't. WWE will always come out of this fine. They've got the money to back it up, and ultimately, they've got that core audience, no matter how much it's diminishing. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Last couple of things, and this isn't really NXT UK news. It's more of... I'm left to say fancy booking. I don't want to say that, but for those of you who haven't seen NXT yet, not NXT UK, NXT yet. Skip ahead in the podcast about six minutes. Um, just to be safe. So, NXT this week. Uh, Rick Shea basically laid out an open challenge uh, for his North American Championship. And who should answer it but Prince Pretty Tyler Breeze. Chris, what my point is with the news that WWE, with their bloated roster, may be bumping people back down to NXT, and that might not be the worst thing for some of them, trust me, the way that the main roster books is stars, and, you know, the fact that Fabian Eichner, over the last two shows, has been part of NXT UK, is there anybody that you think we will see from the main roster come to NXT UK? Until very recently, I would have said Dolph Ziggler, but he's been lighting shit up by raw standards. But um, who, who would go down? I can see a lot of two or five stars heading back down um, just to bring in some to pop a rating for NXT that week. Um, I'm try, trying to think. Zack Ryder is a possibility. Yeah. I think that would absolutely pop the NXT crowd. They loved him for the free spell he was down there. Yeah, absolutely. What about the Ascension? I'd love that. I love a, I, I love NXT Ascension. NXT Ascension were fantastic, but of course they just became a job tag team because they messed up their debut. Yeah. And um, that was rude. their fall, really. Rude, Gable. Although they're all tag champions now, aren't they? Yeah, um, but how long is that going to last, really? Yeah. Um, sanity. Yeah, they really ballsed Sanity up. They say You say ballsed Sanity up. They did fuck all in NXT as well. At least they were tag champs and they were seen as an actual credible threat. Here we just get, get, you know, Usos versus New Day and the Bar versus the New Day. And that's all we seem to have. 
to be fair, in 20, um, I think it was last year, Uso's New Day had a surprisingly amazing feud. Don't don't get me wrong. Their feuds are amazing and all of their matches are outstanding. But we need to build some newer tag teams. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'd love to see some main roster stars turn up in NXT UK. I don't think they will. Um, I think they'd more push NXT stars down to NXT UK than main roster. Which, to be fair, if Ono turned up in NXT UK, that would be a pop and a half. Yeah, absolutely. You look at the talent that NXT's got, that would be absolutely insane. And to be perfectly honest, even people who aren't getting a lot of TV time, like Eichner, you know, they are having really, really good matches. And those good matches that they're having on TV with an audience is bringing more spotlights on them as well. Mm-hmm. So it was more of a thought, you know, there's bound to be more main roster stars now appearing on NXT. I was just wondering at work today, would we see any in NXT UK? It's just food for thought, Chris. I hope so. I absolutely hope so. Um, Final thing before we very, 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 very quickly recap 13 and 14, because there is not a lot to say about those shows. Um, I only have one thing I want to say about those shows. <laughs> Chris, you want to talk very, very briefly about the ICW show that you wanted to yes. talk about last week. Go um, for it. Fit- Fear and Loathing 11, um, three years in a row it's been happening in Hydro, which is a stadium, not stadium, an arena in um, the heart of Glasgow that's slightly bigger, like 500 people more than Wembley. And ICW ran this place three years in a row, um, opened with a 6,000 crowd, biggest crowd in European wrestling um, for years and years and years. And I believe it was the biggest independent show until All In. And then... Um, last year, we drew 4,000, which was still a good number, still enough to make them come back for next year. But this year, um, reports are having between 1,500 and 2,500. Um, ICW's official number is at 2,000. And that's not, they're, they're not going back to the Hydro next year. And it was a decent show, but I think a big problem was they've lo- they have been booking themselves into oblivion this year. It's been quite sad to watch. They've been, they've, world title has changed like five times this year and you should not be doing that with the world title um and to people who should never win it because you know who when i went to shug's house party earlier this year um saw some great things walter versus bt gun all great stuff um but the champion stevie boy guess who he lost his title to um was it i read this dct yes the international sex hero dct <laughs> Which, to be fair, I used to love him because of his theme tune. Because it was like if Bob the Builder was a porn star, it was amazing. Okay. But he's not a world champion. And then Jackie Polo run it, won it, which, to be fair, he fought Lionheart, and that's amazing. Both were amazing together, but Jackie Polo was barely a tag champion this time last year, and they sort of just threw him into a position, like two people have been Jinder mahal into the title this year. And just, it's not helped them at all. But, but a lot of their, I've seen ICW fans blame the stuff with WWE, but a lot of what the ICW have done to themselves this year has been self-inflicted. I'm not surprised they didn't draw well. No, I'd heard that the numbers were low. Um, but obviously this is ICW's biggest show of the year. Mm. Um, and I know they've struggled I think the main issue has been Coffee who keeps being pulled from certain dates and they keep having to replace him with people but you know you can't 
singly single that that thing out. You know, there's got to mm-hmm. be other things at play, and there's there's enough talent on the ICW roster to crown a dominant world champion. You know, yeah. a, a world champion that sticks it out. You're right. You know, you can't WCW the title. It has been really, really sad to watch because this time last year, ICW were lighting it up. I went to like three shows in the span of a month and they were all... That's when ICW is still an amazing live experience. Like when I went to see him a few weeks ago at the garage, I mean, it was a bit empty, but that's mostly because it ended at 1am. But <laughs> it just meant everyone was drunk and it was amazing. And Killian Dane turned up and it and that got a massive pop. Um, had an amazing match with Mikey Whiplash, but... Yeah, that's the thing. I'd rather go to a garage show than a world run their big shows because I'd rather have a lot of fun for 20 quid than a bit of fun for 40. So. No, I agree. It's a shame and it seems that the ripples of NXT UK are starting to be felt across other promotions as well, which is sad. Progress is still being amazing, though. That's the thing. Progress is, over the last few chapters has still been absolutely amazing. We're using a lot of non-WWE UK stars like Mark Haskins, um, Speedball Mike Bailey, just a lot of great stuff, so it's not all WWE UK's fault. To be honest, when they started NXT UK, I was surprised that Mark Haskins hadn't been signed. Um, he's, I think he likes doing his indie stuff. Like he was doing stuff with Ring of Honor, but he wasn't signed. Yeah, like he, he, yeah, all three um, Ring of Honor shows I've been to have had Haskins on it. Actually, one of it was Haskins versus Takahashi, which was amazing. Oh, fantastic! But, yeah, um, but yeah, yeah, it's. <sighs> Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see how 2019 pans out for ICW. Yeah. Um, so, very, very quickly, before we dive headlong, kicking and screaming into episode 15 and 16 of NXT UK, we'll quickly recap what there actually was on episode 13 and 14. Similarly to this week, we were given two very different shows, and I can honestly say it's the first time that I've thought an episode of NXT was meh it was all right now Mm. the first installment episode 13 these are the results fabi neitner defeated mark andrews which was an absolutely fantastic match yep we started the building of isla dawn um and that is carried on in this week's as well she defeated nina samuels who seems to be the jobber already of the women's division Mm. Uh, eddie dennis crushed tucker in about three minutes and then Jordan Devlin and Flash Morgan Webster put on an absolute clinic. Absolutely. One more thing to point out about this episode is that we finally have a name for the trio of the Coffees and Wolfgang. They are now known as Gallus. Now, you're Scottish, Chris, apparently. <laughs> um, no one believes me. <laughs> it's because you don't sound Scottish. Um, do you know what the word Gallus means? It's a Glasgow word, so no. No, right. The official definition is bold, cheeky, or flashy. That's how I describe Joe Coffey. That's how I would. De- that's definitely how I would describe Joe Coffey. I'm not entirely sure that Wolfgang can be described as flashy, um, but you know, he's very cheeky though. Yeah, if you want to go with that, you know, it's it's a decent name. It was just. When I first heard it, I found it very, very underwhelming. But, you know, the more I've heard it and the more I've heard it this week, it's it's grown on me. It's grown mm. on me a lot more. Now, the problem was that after episode 13 was episode 14, and 
the match that kicked off this show was Joseph Connors taking on Dan Maloney. Now, both... I shouted, I actually shouted, fuck off. Yeah, it... <laughs> my, t- my twin walked in. He's like, what, why are you shouting fuck off? I'm like, you won't understand. You don't get it, man. Um, yeah, it's two of the most boring men on NXT UK currently. And they're opening a show and they're fighting each other. It wasn't it wasn't a good match. It was a very average match with absolutely nothing to report. Joseph Connors went over because they seem to be hot on Connors. I'm fine with them being hot on Connors, but they've got to do something with him. If they want him to be this silent assassin, there's got to be more to him than that. Otherwise, it just comes across as boring. Absolutely. Um, Mastiff went over Wild Boar. It was like watching Rhino's kids fight each other. It was weird. It was. I really don't know what to make of Wild Boar. He's a former ICW Tag Team Champion, don't you know? I did not know. I know nothing of ICW. He was at he was at the Hydro last year fighting Polar Promotions. So fair enough. Fair enough. It's it's a weird ass gimmick. I'll I'll put it that way. Um, it was weirder in a tag team, believe it or not. Oh God, I can imagine. Uh, we then had Legero uh, get back to winning ways against Tyson T Bone, and. My favourite bit of this show was Rhea Ripley. We got some character development with Rhea Ripley who absolutely crushed Candy Floss in a match. By the way, that's what made me pop was Candy Floss. I love Candy Floss. Was it? I know that she's <laughs> I from love, Progress. I absolutely love Candy From Progress. Um, I've also done some stuff, I believe, with Stardom. And I just... It, 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 it is like a lollipop come to life. It's amazing. It, it is. It's like it's like the childishness of Bailey turned up to 20 and I love it. <laughs> um, but yeah, Rhea Ripley was a proper dick. Uh, properly beat down Candy Floss at the end. We really, we really went on this journey that she was this ruthless, maniacal heel, which I love. I really like that, and I thought it was good. Um, this was the bit that I wanted to talk to you about last week, Chris. Um, Travis Banks and Wolfgang. I hated this because. I don't like the DQ finish, and I definitely don't like that. No, it wasn't a DQ. It was a shitty finish because um, Trent Seven grabbed onto um, Coffee's, uh, not to Wolfie's leg. So, who's the heels here, Trent? Do you know what I was going? This was what I wanted to say to you. At the, at some point, Gallus have got to go over British Strong Style because at the moment it seems to be British Strong Style thwarting Gallus at every mm-hmm. single turn. And I understand that you want to build a promotion around British Strong Style. They are a very marketable trio. They are incredibly talented. They're incredibly exciting to watch. But if you are trying to build a dominant trio in Gallus, in the Coffees and Wolfgang, you've got to give them something. You cannot have British Strong Style going over every single time. No. And I understand one want to send the crowd so I'm happy, but that's what dark matches are for. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Right, let's delve into this week's offing. We had episode 15 from the 12th of December, and we opened with a match that was set up last week between Flash Morgan Webster and Fabian Eigner. Now, Chris, I really enjoyed this match, really enjoyed this match. It was a really fun match. Um, Have you ever noticed that Flash Morgan Webster looks like Jay from Year Between Us? <laughs> I hadn't noticed, but now I don't think I'm going to be able to get that out of my head. <laughs> um, Once you see it, you can and see it. <laughs> this in the match against Mark Andrews, Eichner wasn't 
necessarily portrayed as a heel. Um, no. It was more of the fact that Andrews just kept kicking out and Agner eventually lost his temper. That's not heelish, that's just frustration. Mm. In this match, he was depicted far more as an out-and-out heel. This is how Dean Ambrose should wrestle, because he's a brawler, a great brawler, and he uses the ring to his advantage so magnificently. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one thing I will say about this is, if Eichner is supposed to be this heel, he is a fucking dumb heel, because the move that finished Mark Andrews off, or one of the moves that finished Mark Andrews off, was placing him up against the ring steps and the running knee, which looked fucking awful. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark Andrews came out partway through this match to support a very, very beaten Flash Morgan Webster. And Eichner pulled up from doing the knee charge to basically talk to Mark Andrews. And this always, always annoys me. Always was, annoys me because it was completely just, stupid. Just go through with it, and it was it was at that point that I knew Eichner wasn't winning this match. Yeah, the thing is with that is basically running towards Eichner, and Andrews is basically going, "No, don't do it." It's like, what you think me not doing it's gonna tell you telling me not doing it is gonna make me stop doing it, and he stopped doing it. So exactly, um, it was stupid. I'm glad Eichner hasn't gone over another NXT UK star because, in my opinion, that would have sort of buried NXT UK, gone over Andrews and then he would have gone over Morgan Webster um, there were some really good bits in this match, um, these two had really good chemistry, I really enjoyed um, Flash Morgan Webster doing the springboard onto the top rope, onto uh, Eichner I thought that was really good, the only thing that wound me up about that um, I think it's called the Ruboy Block the thing that wound me up about that was the fact that not 30 seconds earlier Webster was selling an ankle injury Mm. And yet was able to do that. a common thing with opening matches in NXT UK. Because the one a couple of weeks ago, he said the same thing about bait and coffee. Yeah, and yes, I'm I'm fully aware that it could be just a pernickety little thing that doesn't irritate a lot of people. And I know that you know when you're watching wrestling, you need to suspend your disbelief slightly. But if I'm to believe that Eichner is destroying Flash Morgan Webster's leg, then I need to believe that Webster cannot use his leg. I need yeah. to believe that. And if he's doing flippy shit, which, don't get me wrong, the Ruboy block looks really cool. But if I see that, I'm assuming his leg's fine and he was just plain stupid when he was trying to sell it before. You could put it up to adrenaline just being able to quickly do it, but he didn't immediately go back to selling the leg. So Yeah, absolutely. I don't know what this does to Eichner's credibility as a threat. Now he's already been beaten uh, with It wasn't exactly... A a, you, can argue, you can argue because it's a roll-up is a fluke, so it's not really that big a deal. Yeah, you can argue that, I suppose. I hope Eichner stays in the NXT UK for a while because, to be yeah. perfectly honest, I think he's incredible. I hope he turns up a takeover. That would be brilliant. Now, we had some new belts. Oh, they're so pretty. So pretty. They are incredible. The NXT UK tag team titles were unveiled officially. Everyone's seen them before because the design leaked. But they were officially unveiled at the start of this episode and... Triple H called to the locker room to grab your partners. It's time to impress Johnny Saint. Now, I agree with you, Chris. I think that they have done yet another outstanding job of designing the belts. I think all three belts, you know, well, four if you count the two belts of the tag team, but I don't. The three championships, let's put it that way, look beautiful. So pretty. They are. I know that the women's, like I've said before, I know that the women's championship is just inverted with a white strap. And I hate that. But do you know what? 
I still think it looks amazing. I still think that all the belts look amazing. I think the NXT tag team titles are just, they are just a thing of beauty. Absolute thing of beauty. And they've got their own distinct look as well, which is why I like a lot of Ring of Honor, the Ring of Honor belts as well, um, because they just have a distinct look. You can immediately tell it's from that brand. And to be fair, NXT has that as well. So Yeah, just, absolutely. Uh, WWE are great at belts when it's not the main roster. Yeah, when they're not just trying to sort of commercialise everything. Um, the thing was with this, though, is that it has brought together some very, very random teams. Yeah, which we'll talk about next week. But this week we had Amir um, Jordan. Jordan and Williams. Yeah, Amir Jordan and Kenny Williams. Now, I at least get that one because they're two sort of like lovable losers. But They are. They are. We had some weird dancing gimmick. Amir Jordan was interviewed just before this match and he started dancing with the interviewer. Uh, Kenny Williams came in, basically said, no time for dancing, we need to be serious. It was a very, very bizarre very bizarre interchange, but you know, it put them over as lovable baby faces, like you said. Uh, we had some more build up to the main event, which would be Joe Coffey taking on Trent Seven, which, let's put it this way, is one of the matches of the run. It was an incredible match, but I'm jumping ahead. We then got Isla Dawn versus Killer Kelly. Now, Nappy Girl. Yeah, Nappy Girl. Now, Chris, the last time we saw Killer Kelly, you said every time she walks to the ring or every time she's in the ring, she looks very green. Did this she match? Very... I was just going to say, did this match do still anything? Looks so green. Still looks very, but that's the way she falls. Like, and I'm she does her moves well. It's just the transitions between moves she gets messy on. Again, she has time. This is a developmental system, but just everything else is at such a high level that she just sort of sticks out. Are you sold on Isla Dawn? I don't like her. I, I, I somewhat like her gimmick. I like my patriotism sort of spurs me on to root for her. But like she's she's good. She's I've seen her have good matches outside of NXT UK, but her finisher is god awful. She should just use her knee as a finisher. Because it's like a jackhammer if Goldberg had broken ribs. Except Jack Goldberg has done better jackhammers with broken ribs. It's com- it's the worst finisher in NXT UK. I hate it. I completely agree with you. Um, they're obviously building Isla Dawn because of what happened afterwards. Um, but Dawn set up a finisher with a running knee strike. And then it was a float over suplex. Now, this float over suplex looks like the tamest thing in the world. Yeah, it looks... It's, you said um, on the last pod, um, New Japan podcast that... Um, Edge looks like he was hugging people to the ground. That's what she looks like. It looks like she's picking them up and then hugging them to the ground. It's yeah, hopeless. Yeah, it's not the greatest finish in the world. And unfortunately, like I know you have quite a story knowledge of the British indie scene that I don't have, but Isla Dawn, I do not see her as a credible threat at all. She's never been really a credible threat within, like, like for example, she was in ICW recently, and we didn't even put her against Viper or Kaylee Ray. We put her against Avil, who's sort of like a lovable undercard person. Well, not lovable; she's in a cult, but an enjoyed undercard person. A lovable so, cult. A lovable cult, or just... I don't know how. I don't know. Look at Mikey Whiplash and tell me if he looks lovable, but no, he he does not look lovable. He, he does not. He um, looks very fucking scary. Yeah, but, yeah he does. Yeah. So this entire thing was used to set up Isla Dawn challenging Rhea Ripley. Um, Rhea Ripley comes down, holds the belt up. Isla Dawn delivers a very, very, very unconvincing promo that made me think yeah, she forgot she her lines. she should just not talk. Like, I, I was going to say this la- last week before the internet cut off for you, but 
um, she should just not. She be, she'd be like a silent witch. Yeah. Um, there's absolutely not a cat in hell's chance that Isla Dawn is walking away with this championship because I assume it is going to be one of the main events of next week. Yeah. I just, I don't, I not don't happening. see it. No. Mostly because we've read spoilers, but. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you have. Um, no, I have as well. But, you know, they've just put it on Rhea Ripley. There's there's no way out of the door. But I just, I, even if we were six months into the reign of Rhea Ripley, no. I, I like, wouldn't I, be behind Aladorn. Aladorn is another one where she just sort of needs a... Uh, she needs a bit of development, which again, which is what NXT UK is for. So I don't mind that, really. And I'm sure she has a better move. And all she Basically, all she needs to do for me to properly get behind her is switch out the world shiters um, jackhammer for that running knee she does, because she's really good at her kicks. So Yeah, absolutely. And they said that she was trained by, or in part, by Alistair Black, and you can see that in her moveset. Mm-hmm. You know what? Just use Alistair Black's moveset. His finisher is a kick, and it's fucking badass. Just use that. Anyway, now, this was something I wanted to say from last week. Now, last week, Dave Mastiff was being interviewed after his match, um, and he was basically talking about being this undefeatable monster. In the background, in the doorway, was Eddie Dennis. But, and I shit you not, when he first arrived in the background and wearing his glasses, I said, holy shit, it's Neville. (laughs) (laughs) You got really excited for a brief second. I Genuinely, there was the fleetingest. It's like every time Natalia's music hits, you think, fucking hell, it's Bret Hart. Oh, shit, it's Natalia. Oh, in the woman rumble when Natalia came out. I forgot it was the woman rumble when her music hit. And you were like, oh, it's Bret Hart. Oh, it's Natalia. Um, but genuinely, he arrived at the door and was like, fuck, it's Pac. It's not, it's Eddie Dennis. Um, this this week, we carried on with that. Dave Mastiff was being interviewed, again, about being this monster and what was next for him. Eddie Dennis was in the, the only one sitting in the stands, which was a bit peculiar. He came down, and I thought this little interchange between the two was excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, he comes across as this real just utter bastard and I really like that about him even if I'm not convinced by his in-ring style um, he came across and said basically come the end of this I'm going to be the undefeated monster it's very hard to take someone seriously with a Welsh accent it is but I like his sinister tone of voice the fact that he doesn't yeah. really notice. it it was a it was a good promo and I text you actually earlier today before I'd watched episode 16 mm-hmm. and said how I wasn't convinced of Eddie Dennis every time I've seen him in the ring he's just been I don't know whether it's his size or what it is he just seems to be too gangly his arms seem to be completely independent of his legs now that could be just how he's portrayed in NXT UK I don't know however spoilers in the main event of um, NXT UK episode 16, which we'll get on to after this, I'm somewhat more sold on him. Yeah, he's great in big matches. He's a very versatile guy, because again, he used to be a comedy babyface, but he's very versatile, he can fit wherever you want. He, he's been playing the heel role amazingly over the last year, basically making Mark Andrews live hell. So, it's great. Um, we move on then to the first of the tag team matches. Now, this tag team match, we are led to believe, it's not said explicitly, but we are led to believe that the winner of this match would go into the tag team title tournament. And mm-hmm. it was between Amir Jordan and Kenny Williams. 
and the team of Zach Gibson and James Drake, the grizzled young veterans that they won't call the grizzled young veterans yet. Do you think um, Jordan and Williams should have a name? Because I think they should have a name. I think that unless they bring in a secondary title, which I don't think they will for a while, um, if they don't become a tag team, we're going to see very little of them. The Jumping Yins? I think that's a good name. Jumping Yins. I quite like I, I actually quite like that. Um, do you know what? I think despite the fact that these two ha- are you know thrown together effectively, I thought mm-hmm. they had good chemistry. This was a really, really good match. This is a good match, yeah. Um, I love Grizzled Young Veterans. The finisher is just absolutely brilliant. They're um, very reminiscent of a revival yeah, in the sense are. that they cut off a ring and they have a um, code breaker variation for the finisher. It's It's a really, really good finisher, but these two, they're so hard-hitting. James Drake mm. looks fucking mental, which I love. And mm. you know what? Maybe for the foreseeable future, or at least for the next bit, we're not going to see Zach Gibson as a single star. No, which I'm fine, which I'm fine with, because that division is completely saturated right now with the Gallus um, BSS yeah. turf war. Absolutely. So. But you know what? If these go through to the final of the NXT Tag Team Title Tournament, I want them to win it. Mm-hmm, I would love for Zach Gibson and James Drake to win it because, yes, I understand that they will probably be going against babyfaces, probably going to be Mustache Mountain, but I just I, I love the way I loved everything that they did together, whether it be absolutely destroying Amir Jordan on the outside, where Drake jumped over the top rope and did a stomp onto Amir Jordan, who was being held in a backbreaker position by Gibson. That looked painful for it everyone involved. horrendous, whether it be the finisher, which, is it called Ticket to Ride? Um, that, no, that's his... No, that's, no, that's his. Held, that's, I'm, I'm, I'm fucking all these Beatles references all over the fucking place. But yeah, um, that would be the Ticket to Ride. Yeah. Yeah. So, it just, it looks... Fantastic. And, you know, rightly so, Zach Gibson and James Drake go over and presumably into the tag team title tournament. I love them. I think they're incredible. I've seen them wrestle twice now as a team. Only twice? Yeah, only twice. I saw saw clips of them against... Was it CCK? If it's progress, it's probably CCK. Yeah, I saw highlights of a match between them and CCK, and I I was really, really enjoying that. So to see them in NXT UK and to see the fact that they haven't really been dialed down, and yeah, you're absolutely right. They are very, very similar to an NXT revival. Not the main roster revival, but an NXT revival. Mm -hmm. And that I really do appreciate because I thought the revival would have thrived on the main roster for that reason, because they're the brain busters, effectively. Basically, yeah. But anyway, we move on to the main event. Joe Coffey taking on Trent Seven. Fucking hell, Chris, this was a great match. An amazing match. This would not feel out of the way, out of, out of place in the G1. It's not quite that quality because it would need to go on another like five, ten minutes to be to be that. But holy fuck, what a match! I did not expect to see this on a weekly TV show. If you'd have. If you just said in like 2005 to someone, hey, so we're going to have like what would now be considered match of the years on TV shows, they would laugh at you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This pisses on anything Raw produced. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just, it was such a hard hitting match. And do you know what? Trent Seven, yes, I understand that Tyler Bate 
and Pete Dunne, they're younger, they're more marketable, and yeah, sure, Trent Seven doesn't have the physique that they've got, but you know what, he's my favourite one out of British Strong Style. He's probably my, yeah, he's my favourite one, he's had run good runs in every promotion he's ever been with, um, but he's fucking hilarious. He is so charismatic, it's untrue. Yeah, um, he had an, he, he's just amazing, like, he just references shit, he doesn't give a fuck at a progress show, I've one in New Orleans, actually, um, before cutting a promo, he just turned to Tyler Bate and was like, so, Liv Morgan, <laughs> he's just fucking <laughs> hilarious. I mean, this match was brilliant, and yeah. this was, it feels like I say this every time in the main event, but this was a masterclass in how to sell shit. Oh yeah, his knee selling, the selling of the knee was amazing. Like young Tyler Bate, fucking take notes. Yeah, like you know, Flash Morgan Webster, take note. This is how to sell an injury. Everything that Trent Seven did, you felt the pain with him. Mm-hmm. You know, he did a running suicide dive through the bottom rope, which I thought was an odd place to do it. You know, Snapdragon, which you know he then sold the knee for. Mm-hmm. Just everything he did, and Joe Coffey fucking amazing he is a monster in every sense of the word that belly to belly off the off the apron jesus oh my god genuinely how how trent seven got up after that i do not know yeah the power the two the two consecutive power bombs into the boston crab i was like well that's that it a, he's gonna tap out that is a samoa joe thing and it's and i love it although um this match a is the first time the crowd wasn't cunty because um, they were chanting Goldberg at Eichner earlier. They but, were chanting um, Goldberg at Eichner. By the way, in this match, did you hear one girl try to do too sweet? And yes. then it's dying a death I, somewhat, isn't it? Like no, It's not dying a death. It's when people are really into a match, they'll not do it. Like When it's 20 minutes into a match, people don't do it. But I presume she was just dragged away and shot. I hope she was dragged away and shot. <laughs> but um, the, just so many um, 90s Japan references from Seven. Like He... A, did an Emerald Trojan, which was um, Masao's finisher, and teased the Burning Hammer. So, Well, he attempted to use the Burning Hammer, and I've, I'm so happy that the knee that Coffee had worked all match mm-hmm. actually played into the finish. You know, it's storytelling. Yeah. The way they've laid out this main event was perfect. So, in the end, Trent Seven tries to get Joe Coffee up for the Burning Hammer after he's you know mounted his comeback. His knee gives out. Joe Coffee does a spear, which... It was a really odd variation of a spear because he, he leapt at him like it was a spear. but it, It's not him. really a spear. It's like a jumping push. Yeah, exactly. But he sort of, yeah, exactly. Uh, into the corner and then gives him a lariat and Joe Coffey is your coffee winner. Now, and amazing. Now, I said when we were reviewing last week's episode just very, very quickly that Gallus needed to get something here. Yeah. And, you know, it wasn't with... In ring into, and I'm glad that you know there wasn't a lot of, pardon me, interference from the outside. I'm glad that they pretty much just had that Broke all condensed into one very very small segment, and then they all went backstage. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's is, concentrate on the in ring product. This was an amazing Hass fight, especially when other bollocks is out the way. Yeah, um, my favorite match of a run so far. Um, I like it more than Jordan versus done by a country mile um more I would, than Dar versus done more than Dar versus done yeah um wow. just because we we see a million um uh, we've seen a million pre-done matches on wwe tv in the last year so so and he does have a certain way 
he wrestles and it's great, but he has a certain way that he wrestles. So seeing Trent Seven, who you only ever seen in WWE TV as the, the tag team guy in Mustache Mountain, it was just great. It was something different, something really refreshing. And I would argue four stars for this. Yeah, I agree. Four out of five, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, do you know, genuinely, and I know it's not the same sort of thing. This was, it was almost like the Ishii Suzuki match we saw at Power Struggle. I know you can't really yeah. draw the powers, you know, you can't really draw the parallels, but that sort of match, sort of, you know, this match was ninety percent attempted lariats fast. and chops. And you know what? Yeah. At no point did I feel bored. At it's, no it's, point. It's because, and it was the same thing with Nagato and Malta. It's because Seven has great chops and um, Coffee has a great lariat, and because they're so big, you can so big you can believe that they're hitting each other, each other that hard. So yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Um, so yeah, that was episode 15. Overall, a really good, solid episode throughout with two outstanding matches. That tag match absolutely. with the Grizzled Young Veterans and the main event absolutely blew me away. Absolutely fantastic show, which is part of the reason, Chris, that I am so disappointed with episode 60. Episode 16 ended really well and had some had I had two really good matches through my estimation and one really fucking confusing match which is our opener because what the fuck are Lagero and Smith doing together yeah um, like I understand people have been thrown together but was there no one better for Lagero than Smith Amir Jordan would do better with Lagero than Smith that would have been a very entertaining tag team Lagero and uh, and Amir Jordan I don't know. I just this this show top to bottom, with the exception of the Mastiff Dennis main event, and to a certain extent, Brookside versus Ginny. I mean, it was it was a very strange match. We opened with the tag team of Gallus, Mark Coffey, and Wolfgang taking on Ashton Smith and Legero. And again, there's that unwritten rule that whoever wins this match is going to progress into an NXT tag team tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, not a lot really to say here. Ashton Smith and Legero aren't a tag team, so therefore were pretty overwhelmed by the power of Mark Coffey and Wolfgang. This is really mm-hmm. the first outing for Mark Coffey. Um, I know he had a yeah. singles match, but I believe it was DQ. I can't remember off the top of my head. So it was nice to see him have a run out, you know, out of the shadow of Joe, who is clearly the star of the two. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, we get Gallus going over. So that's two shows in a row we've had Gallus going over now. Yeah, that's good. And to be fair, it's not exactly against stiff competition. Like, I don't think Smith's won matches outside of squashes, neither is Ligero. So it's not massive, but it's something. And to be fair, it was a good dynamic of speed versus power. And all men are good tag cha- tag wrestlers. Like, all have been in tag teams. Um, Smith is actually current ICW tag team champion. So they're all good tag wrestlers, so there's no point. Yeah. So. So, like, in a, from a booking, from like a behind-the-scenes standpoint, it makes sense. But on the screen, what the fuck is Laguerre and Smith doing together? Yeah, I'd, I'd, to be honest, I would leave Laguerre as a single star because he's massively over. Just leave he's, him. Uh, as a, just leave him as a single star. I wish they were still just doing the El Generico thing with him. <laughs> <laughs> it would be fantastic. Um, just you, you could have a moment in the Rumble where him and Tammy Dane stare down, and I guarantee that will get a pop. Oh, it would absolutely massive smart pop. Um, I think the right person went over. I think Mark going over with his finisher over Smith. I think Smith was the right person to take the pin. You know, keep Legero pretty hot. 
And I think Mark Coffey needed the win because we haven't seen a lot of him yet. Yeah. Um, we then moved on to... Oh, God. Oh, very quickly, before the last... Well, they showed a replay of Isla Dawn and um, Dawn's promo from the episode before and said it was three weeks ago. Yes, I did notice that. I did notice that. It was it was very strange. Um, I mean, we, we take from that that Isla Dawn is going to challenge Rhea Ripley and she's going to lose next week on NXT UK TV. Hopefully, it will be the main event and we will see more to Isla Dawn. So, next, we had Joseph Connors taking on Jobber Jack Stars. What did you think, Chris? I fucking... I had a funnier thing the first time round, but <laughs> no, I fucking I don't care. It's hard to care. Joseph Connors spent a minute making someone take nasty bumps to make him look good, and no, fuck off. Yeah, it's <clears throat> I don't know. It they're not popping the crowd. The crowd don't care about Joseph Connors. There's silence when he enters the ring. There's silence during the match. They're not even chanting. Um. You know, the sunset bomb into the buckles is quite cool. And then, but his don't look down is, it's an all right finisher, but it was boring. And that's the issue. Yeah. So moving on. Swiftly. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's move on. To this, by the way, um, so it's Zia Brookside versus um, Ginny, both of whom I really like. And Zia Brookside, you know, like in cartoons, when it's like an angel on one shoulder and the devil on the other. Yes. If Ruby writes for Devil, Zia Brookside is. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you said you liked Ginny, didn't you? And. um, her pro- She is the most natural heel in the world when she's allowed to be. Yeah. Now, again, I have only seen her from NXT UK. And in NXT UK, her gimmick just. It's not. I don't know. I, she's a brat, though. Yeah, I just. I don't. The fashion is not a gimmick that sells. I mean, look at Tyler Breeze, for God's sake. You know, saying that you have better fashion. And this match was set up because apparently Ginny doesn't like the way Zia Brookside dresses. It's just stupid. Zia Brookside dresses like a normal person. It was a stupid match. and Well, it was a stupid match set up, I should say. It was a good match. It's the equivalent of um, Jericho spilling coffee and cane. Well, yeah, true. Or fighting over shampoo at WrestleMania 18. God, you tell me how wrestling used to be better, Jesus Christ. Uh, but no, this this is great. Zia Brookside is re- like she apparently she hasn't been going long. We've talked about how she'll evolve into someone great, but she seems like one of the most polished people on the roster right now. Like, especially in that tag match a few weeks ago, she looked more polished than Millie did. So she's just an amazing technical wrestler. She is, and I think big things are in store for her. And I we I did say earlier that, you know, she's gonna reach high levels as a baby face and i think we are looking very 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 easily at a future nxt uk women's champion Mm -hmm. and she could quite easily hold that belt for months and months and months because i think the crowd are behind her i mean i know Mm -hmm. she lost here which is unfortunate um but i think Ginny needed it at the moment more than zia did yeah because I, I am a bit annoyed about how Ginny's just been put down to fashion because fashion is part of a thing, but that's more down to a privilege thing than a. It, it was much better in other promotions, but. Yeah. yeah, this is fine. I'd give it two and a half stars. I'd give it two. Um, 2.25? Yeah, let's go for two and a quarter. Why not? Um, 
Anyway, we then had an Eddie Dennis video package followed by the main event between Eddie Dennis and Dave Mastiff. You missed the Young Veterans promo. I did miss the Young Veterans promo. I apologize. Um, it was They basically said, yep, you've seen what we can do. It was only the tip of the iceberg. And we are going to be basically seen as the first NXT UK Tag Team Champions. I know that we are supposed to hate Zach Gibson and we are supposed to take our shoes off if we hate Zach Gibson and we're supposed to sit down if we hate Zach Gibson or stand up if we hate Zach Gibson. We're supposed to do a lot of things if we hate Zach Gibson, Chris. I don't hate Zach Gibson. Oh, no, he's he, he's the best heel in the world. He, he so made, natural. He makes shite crowds into a rabid mob and it, it's something very few people can do. Bully Ray could do it back in ECW. Um... Yeah, this, it's very hard to find someone who can turn a, a, someone who's, a crowd who's been sitting under their hands into a, a rabid mob wanting to see him get destroyed. So, Yeah, I agree. Um, I Like I said before in episode 15, I really, really hope that they are the first NXT Tag Team Champions. Absolutely. Um, anyway, then we moved on. Oh. oh my God, that was the most <laughs> terrifying thing in the world. <laughs> My Alexa has just kicked off at me. It was the, it was terrifying. Did this used to happen all the time when you used to review Raw? It did because we used to talk about Alexa Bliss. Oh my god! <laughs> Holy shit! Oh my god! By Kaiser Chiefs. <laughs> oh, it's oh my god! It's playing. Oh my god! Stop! Stop! There we go. It's all good, guys. It's all good. Technology. Please and don't that. edit that out. By I'm not minute. going to. I'm not going to edit it out. Who says that we don't have great content? Um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, we then got the main event between Eddie, Eddie Dennis and Dave Mastiff. Really good match. Uh, yeah, another great Haas match. Just these two. Just pounding it. At, oh, God. Um, but wow. it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. The battle of the teachers. Um, <laughs> Do you know it, what? I, it makes me laugh how squat Dave Mastiff looks next to Eddie Eddie Dennis. Keep saying Eddie yeah, it, it, it's really weird. <laughs> like, and you saw this when like King Kong Bundy would go up against Andre the Giant, but it just it's so weird. And it's the same when Chris Brooks goes against the Giant. Just Mastiff doesn't look as imposing. He just looks like the chubby kid is getting picked on at school. And yeah, that's just weird. Yeah, I mean we had some. Great spots in this match. We had superplexes. Yeah. We had um, Eddie Dennis being like slingshotted throat first into the rope, which looked very, very painful. Yeah. Um, the catching. Eddie Dennis managed to catch um, Dave Mastiff. Oh my God. Was... That was incredible strength. Incredible. Yeah. And um... then teased the crucifix bomb, which didn't happen. But I believe if there is a rematch of this, there probably will. That probably will be a spot that happens. That will happen. And the fact that he can carry Dave Mastiff, who is a very, very large boy, mm-hmm. is, do you know what? Fucking fair play to him. Fair play to Eddie Dennis. And yeah. I've said many times, just on this podcast, that I don't I don't feel Eddie Dennis, but this match has changed my mind. Yeah, no, it was a I'm good glad. match. It was a good match. And do you know what? I love the fact that Dave Mastiff has gone over... I don't know if it was the right decision to put Dave Mastiff over, especially as they seem to be investing more time into Eddie Dennis. We had all the vignettes before he debuted. We had He was the one with the video package before the match. Mm-hmm. And yet Dave uh, Mastiff went over. I think 
but to be fair, we put more time in video packages, but we've given massive more matches. They have, they have. It's just I don't know. I expected Eddie Dennis to go over here, but I, I was expecting a screwy finish. To be fair, but this was awesome. Um, se- second best match of um of the set of shows. Three point two five stars. Yeah, I agree with that. The problem was, and this is the problem I have with the entirety of the show, is that this match was standout the best on this show. The rest mm-hmm. of the show was so missable. There's nothing on that show with the exception of this main event that you need to watch. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's weird. It's sort of like how the third hour of Raw um, is bad. I assume. I haven't watched Raw in about three years at this point. But, yeah... <laughs> You are missing much, trust me. Um, so we come to our ending segment of the show now, Chris. Um, I would like you to give me your most entertaining person of NXT Gib- UK this week. Gibson. He appeared in both shows and was amazing in both. Yeah, I agree. I think Zach Gibson is always entertaining. Whenever he's on the show, he's entertaining. I think uh, Trent Seven is extremely unlucky not to be there or thereabouts. Yeah. Um, I thought his match, his match psychology, his in-ring psychology was absolutely fantastic in that main event in the first show. I thought Joe Coffey was fantastic. I thought everything, I thought the entire of that first show was brilliant. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I agree. Zach Gibson, he had a fantastic match and his promo was excellent. So yeah, Zach Gibson, most entertaining. Who was your least entertaining, Chris? Do I have to say it? Do I have I, to say it? I mean, I'd be very, very, very surprised if we both did not say Joseph Connors. Yeah, of course it was Joseph Connors. He's just... He's, he's like Hiroki Goto if Hiroki Goto couldn't work. And... <laughs> he's very, very bland. Yeah. Which, yeah, is, is not great. It's not do, great. When he came out and I sent you a photo of this, I, I just I just put on half of my pe- page, fuck off Connors. <laughs> I did see the picture. I did see the picture. Um, best match? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Trent versus Coffee, obviously. Yeah, 100%. And worst match. <laughs> Are we not counting the Connors match as a match? Is that too easy? Yeah, let's make it harder for ourselves. Let's make okay. it harder for ourselves. Then I'm going to say Dawn versus Nappy. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I think Dawn versus Killer Kelly was a, wasn't a great match. It wasn't entertaining. Um, it highlighted the fact that Killer Kelly is still very green, and it also... It sort of highlighted Isla Dawn as yeah. not very challenging. Yeah, that's the thing. That's, I, literally, after finishing the notes for Dawn versus um, Nappy, I just put, I miss Candy Floss. Yeah, I think I think Candy Floss would have been better in that position. Um, but that's it, but ladies and gentlemen. That is our review of NXT UK 16 and 15. I'm extremely sorry about the weird thing in the middle where my internet decided it wasn't going to work despite being plugged in, but we worked around it and we've managed to finish the podcast. In the meantime, do not forget to subscribe to us on iTunes and on CastBox. Give us a five-star review. It really, really does help the podcast out. Please do it. Um, Check out the website, www.podmania.co.uk. Don't forget that next week we will be announcing the winners of our inaugural Podmania end of year awards. The voting is now closed, Chris. Yes, I voted once because that's how many times you should vote. That is definitely how many times you should vote. And if you voted more than once, it will tell you not to. Unless you did and it didn't. 
Also, Tai Chi isn't on the award, so I might be boycotting. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, who knows if Chris will turn up because of the lack of Tai Chi. No, I'm, contra- I'm contractually obliged. Yes, absolutely, because we are professional here and we have contracts. I'm tier one. I can't appear in other con- <laughs> on, other... <laughs> on other podcasts. Yeah, Garth is tier two. Um, in the meantime, follow the Podmania Twitter page at Podmania. You can follow me at, at Real Rob Goodwin. Chris, where can they find you? Uh, at Young Lion CXC. Fantastic. And in the meantime, ladies and gentlemen, we shall see you on Sunday when me and Chris shall be reviewing Wrestle Kingdom 9. Thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you guys again soon.